If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. back it's september joel where have you been hiatus hiatus we've taken a few hiatuses yeah we, i it's not more like a sabbatical than a hiatus <laughs> what could possibly have brought us back to podcasting cancel culture oh, that's what this is us back here it's very just, interesting let's dave, ride the bandwagon dave Chappelle came out with uh with his sticks and tones stone special on uh, Netflix, and as a, as a comic just starting out, uh, relatively new, uh, I got it. I got exactly what he was saying, and uh, I made a comment. It was funny. I made a comment on Facebook right after, and I had said, this is going to be, in my opinion, the most important set of this era. And there was one other comic that came in and basically said it wasn't that good, and yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know if he got it fully. But then the same guy turned around like two weeks later and went, Bill Burr made, you know, praised Bill Burr for his, which was the same. Did he really? Thing. Yeah. So, but, I mean, it was, the, it was the same thing. The irony is both these guys are at the top of their game, right? They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're arguably the top. I'd say both of them are in the top five right now in yeah. the world of comedy. Yeah. Both of them had specials two weeks apart. So they, chances are they didn't know what each other was going to do. But both of them identified this as a problem, especially for comedy. And both of them came out and did a special and hit it dead on. Yeah. And, and it, it's important. I think it's very important because it's reflecting what is happening in society today. I've experienced it myself uh, on the local comedy scene um, when I first came in. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But... Um, we're bringing on a professional comic. He's been around for 10 years. Uh, David James Roy. The interesting thing about um, uh, DJ here is that uh, DJ, in a past life, uh, was also in porn. He was a porn producer and talent. And now everybody knows comedy. You talk about your life, your experiences. And you'd think this would be great. This would be great fodder. But... I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that David has a big target on his back by the cancel culture. And the sad part is um, they're going after him and they're not even listening to his show, which is very informative, very educational. So uh, let's bring David on. David, how are you doing? There Hi, is. How are you guys doing? Good. You want to be DJ or David? Uh, DJ is what everyone calls me. Okay. DJ. So I, I first became aware of DJ. Um, on the comedy scene, uh, I had seen him perform and everything. He does a show. Dave, what's your show called? Uh, Behind the Smut. Behind the Smut. Yeah. So and the pornographer tells all. <laughs> I I wanted to attend this thing. I didn't for whatever reason. The night that uh, the one night that I was supposed to go, something came up, 
but a friend I won't name any I won't drop any names here. Yeah. Uh, but a friend, a female comic, went and saw it, and she actually said it was good because uh, D- what David does is he educates. He, he talks about the industry, and uh, I'll let you talk about that a little bit. But um, it's 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 funny because I find I've been watching on social media, yeah. and I'm watching DJ get attacked for for this show that right. they have no clue what it's about. They have they've no never, idea. They've never seen it. They've never they've got an email or they got a message from somebody back in Vancouver uh, telling me I'm my show's violent towards women. Violent. With just and then on the thread they, they posted that on, women I know in Vancouver started standing up going, Have you met him? Have you actually talked to him? Have you seen the show? No. Because you obviously wouldn't say that if you seen the show. So they're just going off hearsay. So they're misinformed, misguided, cancel culture attack. Now I'm, I'm, I'm failed too. I'm because I didn't see the show. I do want to see it. Oh, I'm uh, doing another I, one October seventeenth at Winking her, Judge in Hamilton. I'm going to make an effort to show up for that one. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, a female comic, did show up for your show and literally praised it. Like yeah, literally the next day, uh, went on about how like people don't get what he's talking. Like he's literally talking about how it's regulated. And I'm going to let you talk about that more, about how, like, you know, how it's regulated, how you have to get tested, how you have to have licenses, and all that stuff. Can you speak on that a little bit more? Oh, okay. Well, basically, um, it's not the, uh, everyone thinks we're driving around in van at a bus stop going, hey, little girl, you want to make a movie? No. Um, (laughs) There's agents. um, There is the testing, like STI testing, paperwork. We get, um, in LA, AIM, it's every week. Uh, in Vancouver, because we use condoms, it is once a month. Um, we're very close with the cl- uh, Pacific Clinic, so we know exactly. We get uh, your paperwork has your ID and everything on it, mm-hmm. so it's very com- you know, very low key, and we keep it to ourselves. Um, yeah, we just have it regulated. It's their two two five seven is the legislations we follow, which is the legislations that. Uh, are used in America, like the states. Mm-hmm. So we follow those regulations, which means you know how we conduct our co- uh, contracts, how we conduct our shooting, um, how talent is treated. It's very regulated. It's it's not shady. It is it's a legit business. business. Yeah, it is yeah. legit business, and it has a legit demand. And the yeah. irony, the thing I find most ironic about the uh, we'll call them haters, the haters yeah. that are after you, DJ is I guarantee you they watch porn. Oh, well, everyone does. Yeah, I mean, anyone who says they don't, other than Joe, obviously. Look at his face. No. He's never seen porn. I'm, I'm disgusted. Probably... I'm disgusted with this subject. <laughs> He's disgusted with it. Obviously. Honestly, like, um, porn is creating fantasies, right? Yeah. And fulfilling fantasies. Mm-hmm. And it can also be very educational. Oh, right? I got my best news from porn. Yeah, you know, like, and people need to experience and express their sexual sexuality in a healthy way. If not, you bottle it up, it comes out in weird ways. So, yeah, that's the point, man. And it's funny, too. Um, you know, uh, I, I got divorced in 2014. Um, and uh, so I've been on, I was single for a bit. I was on the dating scene for a while. And one of the things I noticed was women are way more sexual than men, which yeah. shocked 
but women are more because I had always, you know, I grew up Roman Catholic and, you know, that kind of upbringing. And uh, I had always believed that women really just had sex to uh, have children and just to keep their husbands happy. But it's not the case at all. Women are sexual beings, healthy sexual beings that also watch porn. They're also into this. They might not be as open about it as men because there's still that stigma attached. Yeah. But it's funny that in 2019, the stigma is still attached to the porn industry. And now you've, you're not doing it anymore, correct? No, uh, you guys stop paying for it. <laughs> you guys stop paying for it. They stop paying me to make it. So the industry as a whole, has it gone down in terms of uh, paying gigs, that sort of stuff? Yes. Yeah. It basically, um, the big dogs are still around, like they did Penthouse, Playboy, those things, because uh, they have the money to survive. But yeah. any up-and-coming company, stuff like that, it's a struggle. Now it's just uh, cam girls and, uh, you know, Instagram models. And that's wow. the industry. Wow. And they're doing it for peanuts. <laughs> now what? It's for sale. What? Sorry, what made oh, you... there's clip for sales, which you can sell your small clips or whatever. Oh, okay. uh, but as in, like, companies coming up, mm-hmm. they're taking a beat. So in, in wow. terms of in terms of content, does uh like are the all these all these you know free porn sites are they just like populating with historical content? So there's nothing Mostly, really yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 gonna be a filter of like we're gonna run out of content yeah you know like there there's some new content but it's not like it was like it's basically uh, mom and pop shops. Like yeah. guy with a camera and girlfriend. Um, maybe you'll get some new production out of uh, Playboy, Hustler, but as in like Bang Bros, stuff like that, you know, they don't need to shoot content because, or they'll shoot it. People still pay for sites, just not the masses. So yeah, a lot of stuff is niche Yeah, because I, I, I like the, historically speaking, um, the porn industry was always, and I, and I look at it from the technology side, the porn industry was always on the cutting edge of technology in terms of, uh, in terms of, yeah, they drove it in terms of, uh, paywalls, uh, VR, like they, they, they pushed the limit on what can be done, yeah. you know, either because they, they needed to get their content out and the content out and stay fresh. Um, and everybody just followed. So now, you know, what, what, what's going to happen? There's no, there's no funding for that anymore. So they're just creating, I'm not going to say cheap content, but you know, like, uh, amateur looking, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Lower quality content. Yeah. Lower quality content. And they don't need to push the, the boundaries on VR, uh, senses, that sort of stuff. And I think that's, that's probably going to hurt the technology industry as a whole because they were the ones that had the money to pay for the development of paywalls via you know all that stuff that they came out with first yeah wow yeah yeah like i mean come on uh load think about this uh is it uh vhs versus beta yeah beta refused to use do porn vhs one one and now with like Live streaming, yeah, internet stuff like yep. porn drove it. 
Yeah. And yeah, as you're saying, like now that they they don't have the the money power anymore. Anymore. Because yeah. it sounds like the funding, like say the big ones, the big you know brand names, Penthouse, Playboy, yeah. uh, these guys have publications to fall back on for their funding so they yeah. can just create content and just throw the money at production but yeah. they know they're not going to they don't have an roi because it's going to be out there for free in 15 minutes yeah so there's no motivation there's even no. talk of uh, the tube sites start producing their own content oh, like a uh, porn hub that sort of stuff they already yeah. do that don't they yeah yeah but, but they're getting like but that, they're getting free con they're getting free content though yeah. Like I, I can't see them paying much like they're they don't have a production studio and, and hire talent, do they? That's what they're working on. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah, so like they're gonna have their own series. But the only problem oh. with that is once it hits Pornhub, it will be on UJIS in about five minutes. Yeah, exactly. So Yeah. So it's a it, yeah, it's a it was funny, I saw um I was telling uh, Joe the other day, there's only one porn site I ever, I've ever used. I've literally never gone to any other porn sites. And the reason I know about this porn site is because Samuel Jackson said it in an interview. <laughs> Somebody had asked him about what his favorite website was. And he actually he, he, said it. He single-handedly ruined the industry <laughs> well, yes. for paying gigs. Part of that, speaking of cancel cult, the funny part of that was all these female porn talent actresses went off on him for uh, for uh, basically putting out this free site and saying, you know, basically you're taking money out of my mouth, um, yeah. you know, for uh, which there's a joke in there somewhere. But uh, yeah, they basically went after him for it for promoting this free website. But you know, um, you know, there's there's I, I don't know. I really don't know anything about it. I would think that there's this hesitation to provide a credit card to give any personal information for this stuff like it's not like the old days you go to a strip club and just cash you know stuff two dollars remember back in the days two dollar bills inside a g-string or, or the little red room in the back of the video store yeah yeah that. Just, you know, more of that. yeah you, you used to be able to do that and it was uh you know if there's but then again i guess you could use uh prepaid credit cards right so yeah. i guess yeah. there's ways around it. vanilla but, you know, cards that kind of stuff day, at the end of the day it's an industry and it's a job <laughs> It's not like, I mean, everyone thinks it's like uh, you just go in there and you have fun and, hey, man, you got the greatest job on the planet. You're probably, you know, you've got to hold it up. Stressed, every, all the pressures on the male talent. Right? Oh, I can imagine. People yeah, are like, uh, what's a hard, you, what's a hard day in porn when it's not? Yeah, you, That's you can. That's the hardest I, day in porn when <laughs> it's not. When, you know, when it's not. That's the hardest day. Yeah, so all the pressures on the male talent. We paid like shit. Um, yeah, it's it's not like it's a job. Yeah, and you got to yeah. think of like there's a guy with a camera behind you, so you can't block his uh, footage or you can't block his shot. You got to like open up. Yeah, it's a lot of technique to it. And yeah. well, exactly, and you got it because you got to get that camera in there. It's not like you could just you got to kind of take angles. You got to. You ever fucked up your back? Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It blew out my this, knee. This is what I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to ask these questions of somebody who's actually been in the industry. Do you do you actually take Viagra? No. Uh, for, uh, once in a while, but Viagra is uh, a help and a harm at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. It helps because obviously, right? But it harms because uh, when it comes to time to uh, the pop shot, 
um, makes it a little stressful. <laughs> you know, I, I always want this too. I, you know, about the porn industry. Do they like? Would they? Do they ever do the the money shot first? No. And then and then go back and shoot the rest of it, or that, so maybe back a- when we were shooting on film, they do that because it was the most important shot. Right. Yeah. But uh, with you know the way videoing is now, it's like we just we do it at the end. Keep it real time. Yeah. yeah. Ron Jeremy fascinates the shit out of me. And I saw this one. um, uh, This was a while ago. There was this this actress who, uh, I don't know, it was some kind of marathon she was doing. And Ron Jeremy was the last guy to come in. And I I couldn't believe it It was a crowd of people watching this. And they're counting down. He's he's jerking off. They're counting down 10. Nine and then he he go on on zero, yeah. He fucking goes. And, I've seen it live. Yeah. Fuck. Wow. To me, that's just incredible that he has. You know, that's talent. Yeah. <laughs> that to me is talent. That, that's that's what, a limp. That's Olympic kind of talent. Yeah, yeah. They don't appreciate this athleticism that Ron Jeremy possesses. You know, Ron Jeremy is the Michael Jordan of porn. Let's yeah. just put it that way. <laughs> you think he was the one of the highest paid guys? Um. Probably. Yeah, you know, just just because of name recognition. Got own companies, like got a lot of male t- porn stars started their own companies. Mm-hmm. So are they being paid for talent or production? Yeah, it's like rappers, man. It's yeah, like rappers weren't money until they opened their own record. <clears throat> yeah. You know the the thing about Ron Jeremy that the industry never picked up on is the dude is I'm not going to say ugly, but he's average. Well, he's I, no, I think you can say ugly. No, I want to. Oh, he's now he's. Thought. I just thought if you get more average guys, I always thought if I ever started a uh, a porn company, I would call it Average Joe's or something, and literally yeah. just bring average guys in yeah. to have you know with women, uh, because the the guys who are watching it, it's their fantasy, it and it appeals I think to a mass audience. Relatable. Yeah, yeah, it's relatable, right? Because you'd rather be like if you see Average Joe in there, you think I could be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then yeah. I can see how somebody would take that argument especially the cancel culture and say yeah. that's harmful that's harmful to women it's harmful to a healthy sexual attitude there's there's all kinds of innuendos about that but let's get back, into this cancel yeah. culture thing let's get yeah, into this for a second is um cancel culture thing yeah so, uh, they, they got a message uh this this group in hamilton called swap uh sex workers action plan they okay. got an email, a facebook message from somebody in vancouver uh, announcing that my show is harmful to women, but yet not seeing the show, going off secondhand, going off misinformation. They started a misguided uh, call out or cancel culture attack on my show. Well, what are uh, they, they like? Do they think you're pulling females out of the audience and smacking them in the face with your dick? What? What? That's, what think that's their doing? mentality. That's their mentality. They they didn't come and see the show. They didn't learn anything. They're they're going off ignorance. They're going off somebody else's accusations. Someone else's obviously personal agenda to harm my show. Yeah. So man, it's wrong. It's wrong. You know, it's ignorant. Here's they the gotta thing, learn man. what they're talking about before they they act. Yeah. yeah. Comedy, comedy is the last refuge of free speech. Okay. Yes. But the beauty of comedy is guys like yourself, guys like me. We take our experiences 
and we relay them. There's a bit of wisdom behind them too. And yeah. we relay them in a way that's humorous that people find funny. You know, um, for example, uh, you, other than SNL, I can only think of SNL that used to touch on politics in comedy. Yeah. And then Jon Stewart came along. Yeah. And Jon Stewart did his show. And he did more, in my opinion, for... I, I think he was the most important comic of all time because what he did with that show was he brought an audience to pay attention to politics. Yeah, yeah. he was, this was brilliant. Back Bush was president, right? Yeah. And he brought the audience in and he was able... Because I don't think that crowd ever paid attention until it was funny. Yeah. But I learned more about politics from The Daily Show and The Colbert Report. Yeah. And it's because they did it in a way that they that, that people were interested now. And I won't, I'm not going to say they tricked people into learning, but they tricked people into learning. So fuck it, I said it. They, they reeled them in. They, they, they brought something of interest, something funny, and then threw in the politics. Yeah. yeah they, and then yeah, made absolutely. it funny. Now, because most politics think, is pretty boring. Like, you ever yeah. been to Parliament? Have you ever been to Parliament in Ottawa? I yeah. have. I fell asleep. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just, there's no excitement, there's no entertainment. Yeah. Like, I'm, you're just I, like, okay, blog. okay, yeah, whatever. And then, now, yeah, as you guys said, if you add a little entertainment, a little humor, make it relatable, like the stories, like exactly. bring it down to a level that we, we, we can talk about and understand. You know, like, if you bring it down to where it's like, okay, like, you put a little humor and joke into politics, people will pay attention. Yeah. Like right now, let's say with the Canadian uh, uh, election we're having soon, right? Mm-hmm. Already, I'm turned off because yeah. no one's really saying anything. They're just bad mouthing the other guy. Exactly. Right. And so you're kind of just like, oh, you know what? Get to me when we have a leader. Let uh, me know when we have a leader in this country, and then I'll vote. You know, oh, here, here goes Greg. I saw this uh, the other day. No, I'm not going to get on. I, I want to stick on the cancel culture. Well, you know what applies to politics, dude? It starts of course there. it does. It starts there. This cancel culture bullshit, it starts with the political uh, culture. It does. Yeah. It does. But there's an article. Andrew Shear came out and said, I'm not, we're not going to get into politics, but I'm going to just talk about this one point. He came out and said if he gets elected, he's going to bring back the child tax credits for sports and other things for kids that Harper had introduced, but Trudeau canceled. Now, I'm sitting here as somebody who follows politics and goes, that's the most liberal thing a conservative could do. And they still bashed it. Like, they don't even know. They're fucking sheep. All they know is Andrew Scheer is the conservative leader, and we hate him. Hmm. They, don't well, they labeled him that way. They market him. They labeled him that way. They don't realize. And I, when I criticize the left, I'm critic- the right is just as bad. But yeah. we're talking cancel culture is predominantly the left. And what, you know, what kills me is if Trudeau had done that, they would have praised it. Yep. That's how fucking messed up it is. That they don't see deep enough into it to go, wait a minute, this is the shit you guys like. You like this kind of stuff, these tax credits, these the money that helps these programs and all that. Um, that's what the left does. But because it came from somebody on the right, it's got to be wrong. And the world is fucked. You gotta now, understand one thing is uh, in our culture now, we're bombarded by information, right? Yep. You have information left, right, and center. Um, we honestly probably only listen to 10% of it because we are so misinformed, so yes, overwhelmed, yes. and just we get somebody says, 
you know, states, oh, that person is this. Now, we don't have the time to go do our own research. Yeah, so no, most no, people yeah. just go off of what they hear. Absolutely. And that's the problem, is yeah. no one's doing their research. No one's actually taking the time to find out the facts. You know what, mm -hmm. I find that's very interesting, that point, because I think that I agree with you that there's so much information that we're probably only paying attention to 10% of what's hitting us. And because, you know, our bandwidth is so narrow to absorb this information that we're only leaning towards stuff that we agree with. So I think that even perpetuates it further. Good so I like I'm, I'm, I'm only going <clears> to... <throat> I'm not going to pay attention to Fox, CNN, this, that, OLA, you know, all these networks online, on TV, whatever. It's too much. Like, I want to read as much as I can because I love absorbing this stuff. And I talk to, uh, you know, talk about it with Greg and and we have, you know, we, we, we not argue, but we debate and I give him my point and he gives me his point. But I can only absorb so much. So, and then I start, I've noticed myself start to lean towards the stuff that I agree, oh, I, I agree with that guy, I'm gonna read that. And I have to stop myself and I have to say, okay, hang on, I need to I need to delve further. Like Greg posted a, something the other day, it doesn't, the subject doesn't matter. And I know he posted it as a funny post to jab me and, and get me going. And, and he knew that I would research it to find out if it's true or not. So that I like, mm. but I think that the majority of the people around uh, uh, that are uh, you know uh, follow politics that are, are there that want to be involved can only take in so much so it, it's just perpetuating itself where you know liberal this that you know trudeau does this good they're all doing that bad and 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 and, and then the brain is just that that's the path it's all the synapses are just focused on that and that's it and and that's the division that's the hard line division i think yeah. Let and me let me become an echo chamber. Yeah. Then it becomes like because you're just repeating, repeating, repeating. Yeah. Repeating. Whether it's right or wrong, it's just it, a lie becomes the truth if it's said often enough. Yes. And enough yes. people believe it. You yeah. say it times. You say it three times, it becomes the truth. Now, yeah. David, you don't know this, but Joe knows this. I've worked on two political campaigns. I've yeah. actually helped, and I uh, I was a political strategist in a municipal uh, election recently. Politicians know this. And here's the problem. Most people are busy, especially 30s, uh, 30s into their early 40s, raising kids, working two jobs, everything else. So there's this window of uh, opportunity to, to hit them with information. Okay. So, you know, this is just for the support that you guys are saying. But politicians know this. That's why we're getting the attack ads. That's why they're coming up because they realize they only have this small window of opportunity to make an impact yeah. on you. And what they're going to do is they're just going to hit you with, this guy's ruining the country. Boom. Just say it. Yeah. They come and say it and people believe it. The cancel culture understands this. And I, go wish I could get somebody who, you know, I wish I could get one of those people, one of those comedians that uh, support this, this ideology. Now, I, we don't have to give names. I, I don't know. I understand that there is a comedian that's been after you. Is that true? A few. Yeah, a few. Yeah. Now, like specifically specific people? Oh, uh, yeah. That support wow. the cancel. Um, they're, they're, they got personal agendas to shut me down. Silence yeah. my voice. Because no, they just don't agree with what I say. It's it's really sad. It is. We should call them out. We literally should start calling them out. 
We need to stand up for this. We need oh, oh. to protect comedy. Okay? Oh. It's like, uh, I watched a video. It's not just comedy. I watched a video this morning uh, on cancel culture. They called it, um, oh, shit, Joe. I told you earlier what was what they called it, a uh, social uh, plague. They called it a social oh, plague. Oh, social plague. And you it's and I cancer. briefly talked about it. It's a cancer. And you and I briefly talked about it. And I'm seeing it directly in the local scene because I'm, I'm in the, the Niagara and Hamilton scene now. I'm coming yeah. out. That's how I met you because I, I was going out to the Hamilton shows and stuff. And we talked about this a little bit. What they don't realize what they're doing is they're literally killing it. They're choking the local comedy scene by trying to mold it and force it to be the way they want. They want to control it. They, they want to control it. And how they're controlling it is by fear and uh, intimidation. Now, what's oh, yeah, the, what's, what's the point of controlling it? Like, like what's this, like, uh, to go back, if you're going, uh, well, David, if you're going to a comedy club and, yeah. and, and, and you have, you know, your, your, your segment and you go on stage and you tell your jokes and you make everybody laugh, who, like, what's the thrust of shutting you down, like keeping you quiet? Who, like, uh, who's doing this? Like, see, to me as I'm not a comedian. I hope yeah. I'm funny, but I'm not a comedian. And funny. I, huh? Funny, funny looking. looking. That's good enough. Funny. Hey, I work for Ron Jeremy. So, yeah. so I, you know, I, I come in a, from the audience point of view. Yeah. And I, and I talked to Greg about this yesterday. I'm going to me, a comedy club or watching a YouTube video of a comedian is, is an escape. All entertainment yeah. is an escape. And comedy seems to be the place that if you want to go and see a comedian that, you know, the old adage, he's saying he's saying out loud what everybody's thinking, which I think is kind of true, but they're telling it in a funny way. And and and, and we talked about Dave Chappelle, too, and, and, and his interaction with with um, uh, a, a transgender because, you know, the transgender community hates Dave Chappelle. And so he, you know, he, he's selling his bit uh, and he's telling his jokes and he sees a transgender person in the audience and he's yeah. like, oh crap, I got a, tra I got a, you know, I got my transgender bits are coming up and he's like, you know, screw it. And he tells a joke and uh, he has one. Let me just say, cause you just give a little information. What Joe's talking about is two weeks after sticks and stones came out, he yeah. did a Q and a and where was he? New York city. He was in New York and he did a Q and a and he told this story. So, so under, he, if you could put the link under here for that, but that's what he's talking about. It wasn't the sticks and stones special. He's talking about this. Q yeah, but the after. yeah. The after. So, yeah. So he's telling the story about why, not why the transgender community is against him, but his interaction with one. So he <clears throat> tells his jokes, tells the transgender jokes, and he has someone that's a leftist that's, you know, upset. But the transgender person yeah. is laughing. Huh? Specify that it was female. Yeah, He's okay. The, 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 the transgender, yeah, the transgender female. She yeah. was laughing her head off at these jokes. So he's like all relieved. He's like, wow. So, you know, it shows over, it goes into the dressing room, comes out, sees her at the bar, and, you know, she waves him over and they start talking. And she mentions a, a, a New York Times article about uh, Dave Chappelle uh, talking about R. Kelly. 
And the article said that they're against Dave Chappelle because he's normalizing R. Kelly by telling jokes. And uh, the transgender says to him, uh, it's funny how they say you're normalizing R. Kelly by telling jokes, yet when you're telling jokes about transgender people, you're not normalizing us. So it's, it's, it's the joking. Yeah, it's the joking. And he's like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Telling a joke normalizes it for every, makes everybody laugh about it, and you continue Start on your day. So, you know, long-winded to get back to my point. My, uh, as an audience member, going to a, see a comedy show is my safe place for the bad subjects that'll make me laugh, whether it's yeah. race, culture, uh, gender identity, any of that stuff. Just like John Stewart did, he normalized politics for everybody, yeah. and because he made it funny and he made it relatable. Yeah. That's my point of view as a, a, a as a a fan of comedy, going to see a show in the audience. Yeah. Well, like no. Lenny Bruce uh, opened up for us to start swearing and going yeah. from the Voivod stuff to talking about our lives. Uh, Eddie Eddie Murphy, Richard well Richard Pryor, Red Fox. Red opened Fox, up yeah. us talking about race. Yeah. Right? You know your history. Know your history. And now, now, have you seen The Aristocrats? Have you yeah. seen that documentary? Uh, it, I, I don't even know how you could be in comedy if you do not watch that. Like, these cancel comics, these comics that are, you know, that are going out, I, I doubt they've seen it. I doubt they've even seen it. And well, then they see the level of talent and the big names that tell that same joke over and over again. They're coming up in an echo chamber of comedy. Well, it's yeah. not even comedy. Echo, they're, they're performing echo chamber of statements. They're not making comedy. They're not making fun. They're just looking yeah. for the applause of like, oh, you're so brave for saying that. You're so yeah. brave for saying that. It's like, that no, all. make me laugh. Like, yeah. when they, here's the thing. I like to see a safe space comic go do a gig in northern Alberta. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Let's go on stage with 80 rig pigs. We're just upset that you're not a stripper. Yeah. <laughs> that been in camp for three weeks. And you go up there going, oh, well, I'm so blah, 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 woke. And they'll be like, run. Because <laughs> they're going to lynch you. You know. I, when I came on the scene, uh, my, my personal experience, I started back in March. Yeah. And I uh, started going to the club. before. I didn't get on stage till May. But yeah. I started going to the club, watching, observing all the local talent I could. And I loved it. And um, so I go to the show. I don't want to drop names, but you and I talked about it, David. And Joe knows what I'm talking about. There's a comedian, a local comedian. I got nothing personal against him. I have to say this. He's gay. Um, there's nothing personal against him. And I got it, you know, there's, I've always supported Pride. Always. I was supporting Pride back in the 90s when... Even a straight dude that supported this pride would get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. So when I was 18 years old, I was I was uh, I was in film school in Toronto, and I was exposed to that culture, and I learned that it's you know I, I started to love these people. I it was accidental. I became friends with two gay guys, two homosexuals. I didn't know. It took me six months before I realized they were gay, and by that time I'd realized these guys are my friends. Like these are great guys, and it gave me a whole perspective. So. I have like I, I have no problem with that, so I go, and it's funny because I don't I don't bring it into my comedy. I keep my comedy relatively you know tame, 
I might take little, you know, make little jabs here and there, but I don't say anything. Uh, and it's funny. One of my best friends, Joe knows him. He's gay and black. Uh, and he calls me brother, this guy. And whenever it's always, whenever I make a statement, I'm trying to educate people. Or I'm trying to get people to engage in the conversation. I've had it happen twice. I've been called racist and a homophobe. He private messages me. He pri- Listen to this. He private messages me laughing. And he goes, it's always white females that call you a racist and homophobe. Always. I got called a racist from, like, um, a group of people with short hair, round glasses, comfortable shoes, strong opinions about us three. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know the type. <laughs> yeah. Rushed the stage at one of my shows, called me a uh, racist. Rushed the stage. Joke. Wow. Yeah. This is the joke. <clears throat> um, I'm a Buddhist, but living in East Van... My uh, path to enlightenment may involve hookers and blow. <laughs> and that, that was what a, a racist. You can call me a religious, but I am that, actually a Buddhist. They, so, they rushed you because of that? That's the joke. They go. What they, they don't, don't understand is they know, look, they're looking wow. to, uh, to justify I, their existence. And to do yeah, that, they have to yeah. take down the straight mm-hmm. white man. They have to yeah. take down the patriarchy. Yeah. What they don't understand is their actions have reactions and consequences. Exactly. So, when they take down and destroy someone's life, and that person kills themselves, yeah. are they liable? Should they be charged? If a woman or a person charges another person with rape, fakely, and that person goes to prison, dies in prison, that person that gave the like ch- fake charged them gets hit up for manslaughter because they yeah. put their lives in that in situation, yeah. Safe space. Yeah. The irony, the hypocrisy of it, of what you're saying is, they're doing exactly what they pretend they're standing up against. Bingo! They're destroying lives. They're just de- yeah, but they're destroying the comedy scene too. Now, yeah. back to the story. Um, I'm gonna say it. It's probably gonna. I figure this might hurt me. But it's only going to hurt me temporarily. So they can come after me all they want. I'm new. But in the end, if I'm funny, it's th- whatever they say is not going to matter. I'm going to survive it. But, you know, the thing is, this this guy, and he's a nice guy. I got no beef with him personally. Uh, I saw him perform. Now, this guy has won all kinds of contests. He's been featured on TV. It literally launched his career. He's, he, he does the talk shows now and everything. And I go, I'm excited to see him. I'm literally excited to see him. And he gets up on stage. And he just makes statements as a gay man. And I'm sitting there as a comic going, this isn't funny. This isn't comedy. Like, where, where is the funny? And it's almost like the sheep are like, yay. And they're pushing this guy. And it, it, they, what they don't realize is, if you keep doing this, if this is what you're going to make comedy about, the audience isn't going to come. Because yep. they're going to see that, and then they're not going to come. And he's headlining. They're going to come back. They're not going to come anymore. And then it's going to hurt the other comics on that bill because they're not getting the exposure. It's going to hurt the club owner because he's no longer making revenue. And now you're going to have that that business shut down because he didn't make money. You know, it's so hard. And you know this because we talked about it. A lot of bars now don't want open mics. They don't want to do it. I had one. I went out because I tried to get an open mic going here in Niagara Falls. 
One bar owner told me, I tried it, comedy doesn't draw, doesn't bring people in. Doesn't. There was another bar here in the falls, which isn't true, but I'll get to that in a minute. I had another, um, uh, it was a manager. There's an open mic there that's being shut down. And I asked why. Why is the open mic being shut down? And what I was told is, it's the same comics over and over again saying the same stuff, and it just got boring and repetitive. Yeah. The problem is because they're choking out other comics and they're not allowing people to come up with free speech and say what they want because everybody is walking on tiptoes, so afraid to be offensive, so afraid that somebody's going to shut them down and cancel them. They live in fear. They're choking it out. They're, they're killing the industry. They're well, literally, and that's why Chappelle and that's why Bill Burr did these specials and attacked it because they yeah. see it at the top. They know what's going on. Now, the thing is, okay, with open mics, like comedy open mics, I'll be the first to say, very hard to make it work. Very yeah. hard. Because, um, A, comics come and drink water. <laughs> yeah. Bar owners want people to drink. Two, yeah. some young comics attack audience, make them walk. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they make fun of the audience and, oh, because they're, they're, they're young comics and they don't understand that, like, you know, you got to make fun of situations, not people. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You make fun of yourself or situations. People come to forget their problems, not be reminded of them. Um, and comics need to push each other. Yeah. Like, if I, I ran an open mic once, and what I, we did was we pulled an, uh, a subject out of the hat. Mm -hmm. Right? I so, like at the beginning of the night, y'all pulled a su subject out of the hat. Your first minute, maybe two minutes, have to be about that subject. Yeah. Right? And that gives you the creativity to push, <laughs> come up, right and quick. Like, I write, uh, sometimes when I hit open mics, and I usually hit music open mics, because they're not comics, so they're listening. Um, ask the bartender, give me a subject. Yeah. And, like, the acts before me. And that gives me 15, 20 minutes to think yeah. of, like, a two, two minute bit, yeah, and that yeah. gets the brain going. Because once yeah. you get in this rut where you're just repeating your A game set, that's all you got is that A game. Yeah. That five to seven minute right. A game set, and that's all you got. Because you're not yeah. pushing yourself. Yeah. You got to get creative. You got to get out there, and you got to have fun with it. Now, how do we how do we do this? How do we get rid of this cancel culture, but not exclude like not. You know, I'm a big believer in negative and positive energy, okay? Yeah. So I believe in a win-win for everybody. So we got to find a middle here where we're not excluding these comments, where we're not. But, you know, the, the culture's promoting people that are not really, that shouldn't really be, pro I'm not saying they shouldn't be comments, and I'm not saying, but they're pushing them further ahead than they really should be. And yeah, it's hurting them. Hurting honestly, them. in all my years in comedy, I've seen that. I've seen people... Like, get pushed up, pushed ahead, you know, without yeah. the foundation. Yeah. And then without that foundation of, like, doing the crappy gigs. Yeah. Getting bombing. Yeah. Uh, doing yeah. gigs where you're like, I might have to fight my way out of this room. You know, those those kind of gigs. Without that experience, yeah, they hit a little bit of roughness and they crumble. Yeah. You know, without the foundation, they're just... A balloon and it will pop and fall to the ground I've seen comics 
who, uh, you know, for, they were in for like six, seven months. Everybody's all like pushing them, giving them the best gigs. Yeah. They bombed once, walked out of the room, never came back to comedy. Wow. Yeah, I, I see it. I'm not going to name anyone. I see, a, I see somebody local that I think rose too fast, and now that person's struggling. Um, it's, it's ironically, to them. Well, and it is. And but ironically, this person has attacked both you and I. Oh. And I, I, I overthink the fuck out of everything. Everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was trying to understand. I was very supportive of this guy. Very supportive of him. And he's a good comic. I'm not going to say he's bad. He is a funny comic. But whatever place he's in right now, it's coming from extreme insecurity. Yeah. And he is. Uh, he went. I. I. What happened was. Um. I had made a comment supporting you. Yeah. And you know, basically, fuck them. You do you. You're funny. You're putting asses in seats, and that's what mattered. Blah, 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 whatever it was, I said. And then he came on and ripped me for making that comment. Well, again, you got to alienate his control. Uh, but the fucked up part is, all I did, I didn't make a political statement. I just supported you. Yep. And he ripped me for supporting you. That's the that's, political statement. You supported him. And then, yes. then it turns into a private conversation where he fucking says to me that I'm not original. He goes, I don't buy what you guys are selling. And my response is, well, we're not trying to sell you anything. So what's your point? And then he says, you're not original. You're not this. I'm like, you know what, buddy? Like, first off, comedy now, it is. some of these guys get originality mixed up with somebody already talked about that subject. So you can't talk about it now. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you're talking about a subject that somebody's already done. There's no new premises. You know, Bruce. There's no new premises. Yeah, Everything's been talked about. So what you got to do is do your interpretation of it do your take on where he's at right but bruce lee used to say there's no such thing as an original thought no any anything that somebody's come out and gotten credit for somebody in history has already thought of it yeah you know before them right so but but then this guy comes out he's like me too and i'm not going to say it i'll tell you the story after uh but there's an irony i don't want to put it in the podcast but there's an irony to this guy uh but we'll talk about that later but they're killing it they're killing they're choking it out so I go, I'm calling to the clubs, and what's happening now is it seems like it's other comics showing up, bringing friends. It's like they're trying to keep it afloat, and they're not getting why. Why are the regular crowd? That night I did Levity, you were there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you came in or you sat at the bar, but the night I did Levity, there were only four people, non-comics there. It was two yeah. couples, and they sat in the front, and that was it. And then the rest was all, because I taped it. And in the back, it was just other comics. And I, I got laughs from the other comics. Um, in fact, um, one comic actually, which it meant a big deal to me, uh, he came up to me out in the lobby and said that was a good set. He didn't have to say that. It was Manolis. So Manolis okay. came up and said That's a, he, that was a good set. He had a good set. And I was like, that, that to me meant everything. You know what I mean? To have a guy like that come out and go, that was good. Yeah. So he didn't have to. He, he came to me. I didn't go to him. I didn't go yeah. talk. But if, it, if I had just based it on the reaction I got in that room, I would have thought I sucked. I bombed. Yeah. You know? But there's no audience there. There's no crowd there. And other comics don't laugh at other comics. Why is that? So what, well, it's insecurity. Well, I think they're all just focused on their set. Like, it's like, I'm not going to watch this guy because I'm focused on what I'm going to say on my set. Okay, or, okay jealousy or insecurity or um just being assholes <laughs> you know i think it has a lot to do with ego too the domination 
ego and insecurity. I mean, comics are extremely insecure. Um, I have two guys. I, they're well, in, they're well intentioned. Two comics that yeah. I pitched some material to before I had ever performed it, and yeah. I do this bear joke, right? And both guys told me to scrap it when I did it because what I'll do is I'll record it in my living room and then I sent it to them. Like I lo- upload it on YouTube, but private. I sent it to them and they go, no, no, get rid of it. It's not good. You know, both of them said it. And then I, I, I ended up with a 20 minute set somewhere and I had to use it and I performed it and it got laughs. It got like the, the audience loved it, but these two other comics told me to scrap it. And if I had listened, I wouldn't, you know, that joke and that joke works, but they didn't think it would work for whatever. And I realized because their styles different. Yeah. Think yeah. differently. They, yeah. they don't think like me. And the one guy says to me, you know, he's well-intentioned. He's a good guy. And he's a funny guy. But his comedy is so different. Yeah. And he goes, he said it as a joke. And he goes, I fucking hate you. And I'm like, why? He goes, how the fuck do you get laughs? And I'm like, I, I don't know what to say. And he goes, your comedy just seems easy. Like, it seems easy. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm performing for the audience. Yeah. You're performing. The audience is the ones that pays. What's that? The audience is paying. They're buying drinks. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's your audience. Yeah. Like, impressing I think other comics is useless. Bingo. Because they don't care. Exactly. You know? So a lot they'll, of they'll stab you in the that, back for a gig. Like, these guys literally think, you know, they, 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 you just said it. You just said it. But it's a lot of insecurity. But these guys think, this is the comedy I want. This is what I like. So I'm going to, which is fine. Except if you're really trying to build a career, if you're actually serious about this and making it, you got to perform for the audience. Yeah. Well, to get laughs at them. Um, after I had problems with the Vancouver comedy scene, yeah. I uh, started hosting and doing uh, punk shows. Okay. And performing and opening up for punk bands. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I made a career. I got paid. It was great. Right. Nice. And they, you know, th- this audience has come for the punk bands. They don't care about comics. They don't care yeah, about the yeah. comedy scene. They don't care about the politics. You're funny or you're not funny. Exactly. Uh, right? And that's what you got to do is step away from the comedy scene and get into a- an audience. Find yeah. your audience, enjoy your audience, and promote to your audience. Because a room full of comics drinking water, snickering and talking shit about other comics is not a safe space. <laughs> no, you're right. It's not. And uh, and you know, and in the beginning, when I first came out, I thought this is great, man. They're really supportive. They're very supportive. And uh, you know, I learned I learned the lesson the hard way. It, they're they're not. It's not really supportive. No. You know, but they what they do though. They will come out and support the scene. Yeah. Right. But again, it's an illusion because you're showing up, and they just did a live taping uh, for a TV show, which I don't understand. Um, it, it was all comics coming out just to support other comics. Where was the audience though? Like, why are the why is the crowd not coming out for this? You know what I mean? You gotta promote. And what's that? You gotta, pr- you gotta promote. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta promote. To, uh, no. You gotta like because as we said before, if you water down comedy and make it so political and drama, yeah, people get turned off. You know, like. Yeah. I don't want to and then, go and see this guy talk about, you know, how much of an evil person I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want some girl with short hair, round glasses, 
telling me I'm the patriarchy and I suck. Yeah. And you know they want to be entertained. They want to forget. As 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 Joseph said, it was you know you come for escape. Yeah, exactly. You come to a show to escape, not to be force fed your you know someone else's ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. So now, who, who do you find to be the most uh, aggressive to shut you, like to, to to stop you from telling your jokes, in terms oh of in, in uh, terms of uh, right gender, like gender, now. gender, and race? I'm very oh, curious okay. as to your answer. Uh, I don't see gender or race. No, uh, <laughs> honestly, we know what it is. It's the yeah. short hair, round glasses, comfortable shoes. Women, white—it's a white female. Me. So yeah. the barbecue Betty, the those kinds of like I, I love watching those videos to okay. see all these white women, go you know <laughs> standing up for the either against and stopping a black family from having a barbecue in a public space, and yep. and, and then they're the first ones to identify you're being a racist. It's like. Yeah. Who like yeah. when did the sole purpose of these people to save everybody from everything and then protect us from all these people that are barbecuing and and selling lemonade on on the street like these videos are fascinating to watch we live now in a narcissist society good yeah you know very narcissist society where they need something. They need a, a villainized. They need a to vil, uh, uh, They need a villain, so they can be a victim. Yeah, yeah, you and got it. So they will pick anybody out and be like, "I'm a victim because of this person," and not knowing they have to take the actions of their own. They have to. They have to be responsible for their own actions, and just going off. I'm a good person because I'm standing up for somebody. That I'm not. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a straight white soccer mom who's standing up, or I'm, I'm a straight white liberal or gay liberal, whatever, standing up for the rights of this person. And the person they're standing up for is like, you just shut up. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know what? My life harder. And and you know what? There was a video that I watched um, where this woman was calling the cop nine one one, calling the yeah. cops because. Some guy that looked Mexican, maybe Greg, uh, was was working in a parking lot. You know, big truck that had you know the power. You know, the local power okay. company working, taking a break, having a cigarette, a coffee, whatever. And she's calling the cops because she thinks he looks suspicious. He's literally in a uniform, standing beside his truck. And another guy, a guy that's in the parking lot getting in his car, and he's like, lady, what the hell are you doing? He's obviously working oh. for that company, and he's taking a break, you racist. And she's like, I'm not racist. My you know, cousin is black. It's like, it doesn't matter how you identify with another person of another race. Just because you have a black cousin doesn't mean you're not a racist. You're a racist because, and the guy was Mexican. She's like, I'm not a racist. I have a black cousin. He's Mexican. No, you're you're a fucking racist, lady. If like, you have to say that, give racist. it up. Yeah, if you have to say that I'm not racist because, and you you're name racist. the one black person you know, 
you're a racist. And, and it doesn't matter what you say it, it, to protect yourself. It, yeah. it, it, you know, it, it, it just boggles my mind, boggles my mind. Like, I, if I say something that's racist and I say it by act because I, at, at heart, I think I'm not a racist. I'm pretty liberal. Yeah. You know, I, I, I accept everybody. I have people of other races in my family, just as Greg does, just as I'm sure you do. You know, yeah. everybody, it, it, we're, it's a yeah, melting pot. So <laughs> we're a melting pot. The, the world is the, the world is not staying white. The world is going beige because yeah. we're all melting together. So, you know, it's an inevitability two, three generations down the road where we're all going to be a beige color. Well, here's the thing. So if you make race an issue, it becomes the an issue. issue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and not to ignore it. Just accept yeah. it. Accept yeah. it. You know what, David? I said this to Joe. I've been discriminated against my entire life. <laughs> it's a good bit, actually. <laughs> I, I, I've been discriminated against. I'm short. I'm a short man. Yeah. So that's always, you know, people have always found a way to use that against me. I used to be obese. So, you know, people always I would discriminate against me. I mean, I was in a job interview once where they literally told me they didn't think I could sit for eight hours when I was really large. Okay. So I've been discriminated against that. I'm half Italian. <laughs> I've been discriminated against for being Italian. I've been called a WAP. I've been called all those racial slurs. And then I go back into the Italian community and I'm discriminated against because I'm only half Italian. So then they, I can't win. They pick on me there. I'm yeah. also, uh, I'm, I'm also uh, uh, on dis I'm disabled, I'm basically a disabled person, uh, which people don't know. I don't talk about that often. And I get discriminated against that. Yeah. But all those things, oh, and here's the uh, fucked up part. I've been discriminated against for being Mexican. I'm not even Mexican. I love that. <laughs> you know what they say. And say the other one. Say the other one. Only to them. <laughs> I've been discriminated against for being Chinese. I'm not Chinese. Honestly. <laughs> but I part native. I do have some native in me, and I've been discriminated against for that. But you know what the number one thing in 2019 that I'm being discriminated for against? That I got the biggest knock I got against me? I'm a white male. Yeah. I can't fucking win. They, they, they look okay. So they're want to take down the straight white man. Yeah, uh, but yet they don't think that's racist. Sexist. No, exactly. It's or about like, power. It's wait, wait, not about equality. It's about power. Power. It's not. About, yeah, look, it's about yeah. power. They're you manipulating, know, using it for power. Exactly. I say this. I say this. I've said this before, and people don't understand it. I will always support gay rights. I will always support people's happiness, people's right to be left alone. I will yeah. always support that. I will support gay marriage. They should be, that's what equality should be. Yeah. Anything that I can do, that you can do, everybody should have that right. It doesn't matter what your skin color is or your sexual preference. Everybody should have that right. But yeah. pride is now going too far. Pride is now, they're holding up that rainbow colored shield and that rainbow colored sword and they're going out and saying, you're going to give me what I want because I'm trans, because I'm gay. It's like that guy in Vancouver that shut down a... Uh, the nail salons or like uh, waxing places. Yeah, because uh, he wanted... She, sorry, I'll, we'll call him she, I'll respect she. that. Uh, wanted uh, a procedure done and these women refused to do it and he cried yeah. discrimination. Yeah. It goes too but far, man. He want, uh, She wanted it for the paycheck because... Yeah. Whenever they're like, okay, let's go to court, 
she would drop the suit. But anybody who'd pay at a court just to yeah. shut it up, she would go with. So Thank she was God doing it for the paycheck. God the media stood up to her, too. Yeah. Because, See, because all they, you got to do is just stand up and call people on their bullshit. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's what needs to happen, man. The cancel. do it, and it's starting. People are done. Where they're sick. Yeah. Like, everyone's yeah. all like, oh, Dave Chappelle's going to be canceled. No, nope. he's not. He's not going no. nowhere. No. Dave no. Chappelle's he's only going to get bigger. He's only going to oh, get yeah. bigger. The beauty of it was, so Rotten Tomatoes comes out, right? Yeah. And they opened it only to the critics at first. And in the yeah. beginning, I think he's at a 31% now. In the beginning, 0%. 0% they gave him. And the comments weren't even, they didn't even critique his comedy. They were just pissed off that he talked about transgender. They, they didn't get, they, they, yeah, they, they didn't get the underlying. They, they, no, like they he was, he was making a statement and they had no clue what he was talking about. Nothing. And it was mostly women. Somebody pointed it out in another video. It was mostly female uh, critics and gay critics. Yeah. And it went out. Most, I say most because like, I don't want to say it was exclusively them. Then they opened it to the public. Today, it still has a 99% approval rate. Yeah, it hasn't budged from 99. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was, it was hilarious. hilarious. I loved it. But it made a statement. Yeah, I, I watched it for the statements he was making. And it's like he did it so subtly. Like You have to watch it two or three times. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and you step back and you're like, wow. They're like, that's right. Like, it's true. Like, even when he was doing, well, when he was uh, the transgender, where he thought it was so ridiculous that he identified as an Asian person. And and he would make the Asian you know voice and 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 you know squinting the eyes, and and ten minutes later he's he's you know gets home, talks to his wife and is like my wife hates it when I tell that joke. <laughs> so and then not a lot of people know that he's married to, uh, you know, very pretty but short Asian woman. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. His kids are mixed race, obviously, and he's telling yeah. these jokes. Towards a race that he is, you know, maritally connected to, yeah. <laughs> and has offspring that are that are half Asian, and he's making these jokes, and it's like, yeah. you know, and it goes back to the, and it's different from uh, the story I said before about the woman saying, "I'm not racist. I have a black cousin." It's like it's yeah. like, do he's coming from like this is his world, and he's making yeah. a joke about his world, and that's the that's the the genius of this guy and and i watched an analysis of a of someone critiquing david chappelle and it's like he he is so unique you cannot copy this guy he yeah. he he dodges he used to be hit by lasers he's dodging the laser yeah. he 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 cannot be hit by a laser now because it's all about him it, yeah. it, it you cannot copy this guy if you try to tell a dave chappelle joke i think you'll bomb you get a couple of laughs if they don't know Dave Chappelle. But if someone knows Dave Chappelle and, and you say the jokes like, dude, that's not funny. You're copying Dave Chappelle. You cannot copy this guy because he only talks about his experiences and he makes it hilarious. And he says a political statement to boot. Yeah. Now, I want to get back. Sorry, I, I wasn't done with my point. I want to go back to Rotten Tomatoes to show the okay. hypocrisy of what's going on. So now, uh, now Doctor Who show is the opposite. The critics love it. Doctor Who decided to make it about, make a social statement. And they took the show and they basically touched on all these topics, right? Yes. And basically, and, and what happened was the critics loved it. 
So it went, phew, the critics love Doctor Who. And then they Everybody opened watched it. They opened it to the fans, and the fans hated it. Hated it. You cannot force your opinion, your views, or your political agenda, whatever it is, and think we're fucking stupid, and that we're just going to fucking go along with it. And there's a perfect example. They you know what ruined I- Show. Yeah, they did. You know what? And and I and I think they they totally missed the mark because they didn't they they obviously I bet you it was a new set of writers that didn't know the audience well and these guys are, you know, Doctor Who fans, I think from going to the you know, fan expos in Toronto, they are hardcore historically accurate sci-fi yeah. fans. And yeah. When you divert from that, you know, if they had a female, so, you know, after four or five decades of Doctor Who, a male doctor, they bring in a female. I think they would have done okay if they didn't try to make these political statements. Yeah, if they kept it sci-fi and they just had a female doctor, they could have taken it in a whole new direction. They could have had a lot of cool stories with a female doctor. But yeah. then they got to go and throw in all these political, this political stuff, and that audience, it, it won't buy it. They're smarter yeah. than that. Sci-fi fans are sci-fi. very, very smart. Exactly, exactly. Laura Croft, not politics. Laura Croft is the perfect example. They brought out a tough female heroine. Yeah. But the way they did it, it was never about her gender. No, yeah. she was a. He just I, went out and just showed. This tough archaeologist, this Indiana She's a, Jones. Yeah, a fami- female Indiana Jones. Never made it about sexist. They never made it about sex. No. Never made, and guess what? Nobody cared. They loved it. it then they launched movies about it because yep. nobody cared. Because they weren't trying to okay. push an agenda. If you make it an issue, it becomes the issue. Yeah. And sometimes I, people are like, you know what? You're trying too hard to force feed your opinions down my throat. I'm turned off. I'm turning the TV off. Yeah, and they're turning and he, the public and, away. Yeah, and, and and to get back to this political stuff, I agree with uh, me and Greg have had conversations in the past about you know the left, the right, and it seems that the the left is always touting, was always touting free speech. You know, you can't silence me, and you know the right is trying to silence us, which I don't think they were because the right political. Uh, people that are, are of the right political political persuasion um, are very constitutionalist. This is obviously gearing towards the U.S., so they're very constitute free speech. Blah 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 blah. They'll say fake news, yeah. but they you know they're not going to try and shut down the New York Times sort of thing. Trump is trying to, but that's a different story. He hates he just, Jeff. Be- he hates Jeff Bezos. Yeah. But now it's the opposite, where the left has gotten so like far right, far left has gotten so out of control that they're trying to shut down uh, right the right and and, and and it's like you know you're you're touting you were touting free speech but now you're trying to shut everybody down and it, they're not calling out fake news they're shutting down like if you go on Twitter there's three or four political pundits that were on Twitter that are no yeah. longer they were kicked off they were completely banned. Not shut, you know. Not in Twitter jail for two weeks. Completely cut off. Now, you know, a, a few I agree with because they were like it was hate speech, and yeah. it Twitter's privately owned. They can do whatever the hell they want with their platform. They can protect who they think they're protecting. But when you get into silencing, and then bitch about 
the other side not being able to talk, you know, it's, I think free speech should be free. If hate speech is free speech, unfortunately. Yes. It has to be groomed. Like I, oh, yeah. Yeah. but we have I, the option to listen or not listen. Exactly. And you have, yeah, and I have the choice to shut you off or block you. It's yeah. my choice. I don't want to hear you. I block you. But it doesn't mean that 25 million people don't want to hear this person. You know, Do you it's, know in history when people tried to silence and uh, discredit their opposition? Yeah, I we're think going, it was Germany, 1933. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's when it started. Yeah. Or, well, it's always been like uh, dictatorships can't stand having opposition or opposition. Yeah, yeah. So, or an, or an yeah, intelligent so population. If you control information, you control the public. Yep. So if the public cannot hear people, other people's opinions, only yours, you're a dictator. Yeah. Content is king. If you can Content get your, if you can get your word out, then you, that's power. Words yeah. are power. And that's what they always do with comedy. And, and it goes back to the comedy thing where, yeah, exactly. Where if you're shutting down a comic f for, for telling a joke that is timely, that is, you know, kind of touchy, you know, transgender, po politics, yeah. whatever it is, and someone's trying to shut you down, what does it say about the person that's trying to shut you down? They're insecure and they want control. And they want control, it's ego, oh, whatever exactly. it is, it, exactly it, what it it's is. power. They want power. Yeah. And then the rest, the rest sit by in silence and don't say anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're too afraid. Because they're afraid. I guarantee you. Because David, they're so vocal. Yeah. Yeah. There were people that were agreeing with you. I guarantee it, but just didn't want to click like. Did you? Now I heard a story. I don't know if it's true. I heard you took a photo of a guy that was at your show and he got upset with you because he didn't. That's want to funny. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Okay, so I took a group photo, and I said yeah. I was joking. Uh, I was joking like, "Hey, I'm, I'm gonna take group photo," and and I gave him enough time to like just walk out out of the out of the frame, right? Yeah. So I took the photo, and now the guy screams out, "I don't consent." Right now, if you don't consent, walk the fuck out of the you, photo. Why you there? Here's the problem. Here's the thing: the photo was pretty blurry because it was like you know, I like it was my phone, dark yeah. club kind of thing. You can't really see this person. So the person started up a whole bunch of drama, saying, "I'm a rapist." Wow. What? What the hell? I'm a rapist because I took a photo, a group photo, where he didn't consent to. Why? But why was he now, at your show? I have friends who have been sexually assaulted. And I've yes. I've, I've had an, a Me Too moment in my life too. So this is watering down, insulting their yeah. experiences yeah. and mine. Yeah. Right? Just oh, I'm sorry, little boy. You got you're in a photo you didn't want to be in. In a so crowd. Comedy <laughs> club. But you the cried thing, wolf he went to the time. People stopped caring. He went to your show. What the fuck was he doing there? He performed on the show. He performed. Is that the guy that made the comment that it was disgusting? I, I, I did your show and I regret it. It was this, is that the guy? Yeah. He made that comment. And then I, I, I said something to him and he never responded. I made a honestly, comment. I, I tried to engage him and he just ignored me. He didn't, he didn't, he passed on it. Okay. Honestly, now. Um, I think this person has some mental health issues he needs to deal with. Um, You're probably right. Because it's, it's you can tell by his post. You can tell by the messages aimed at me. He's taking yeah. a, a minute little thing and trying to blow it way out of proportion. 
or he's trying to get attention from it. But yes. you know what? Ignore him. Let's just move on from that fucker. Well, dude. He won't be it. two years from now. Nobody will even know who he is. So don't yeah. even worry about it. Oh, I, I'm not worried. I'm just saying, like, this is the thing. You're accusing me of rape and undermining real victims. Yeah. Yes, you know. exactly. I mean, I, I got what you were saying. The minute you started, I knew exactly what, what you meant. And you're absolutely right. They do undermine it. It's pretty sad, man. It's pretty sad. Thank God Chappelle did it. Thank God Bill Burr came out and said it. And then this guy on SNL who just got fired. Yeah. Uh, so Joe sent it. <clears throat> and my thing was, I need to know the context of the jokes for me to have an opinion. Because you know I'm what? Gonna, I, 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 don't even, I don't even think you know that. Cause, go ahead. Well, I don't want to come out and say, yes, he was racist. or no. I, I'm not, I have to stay on the fence because I don't know. Because I don't know the context in which it was said. He used the, the, the racial word about Chinese people. I wouldn't have done that. Right there. Now, Chappelle talks about the N-word and the F-word. The F-word being a derogatory slur towards homosexuals and the N-word being a derogatory slur yeah. towards uh, blacks. And what he does is he tells a story that uh, when he did the Chappelle show, there was this department that kind of oversaw it, basically censored, right? What you can and can't say. So he got called into the office to make it a long story short, and he had written a skit and he used the F-word about gay people in the skit. And this woman says to him, well, Dave, you can't use that word, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, okay, no problem, I'll take it out. He didn't even think twice about it. But as he's leaving, he comes back and says, well, I got a question, Renee. He says, why is it that I can use the N-word with impunity? And he says the word, right? And I'm not going to say it because yeah. I'm afraid. <laughs> the N-word with impunity, but I can't say that word. And she says, well, Dave, because you're not the F-word. And he says, oh, Renee. I'm not the N-word either. Yeah. And it was the most brilliant moment in that. It was the biggest statement he made exposing the hypocrisy of it. Yeah. The hypocrisy of Hollywood. What's really going on? What's really going down? He did, That <clears throat> one joke blew the whole thing up. The only problem is most people probably went over their heads. But that was the single most important thing that he said. It was a powerful statement about what's really happening out there. And really part of like who's really in control in the in the cancel culture anyway we should wrap it up dave what else have you got to say here not much uh my next uh behind the smut is uh october 17th at winking judge in hamilton uh 25 augusta street um and anybody who wants to talk to me here's the funny part anybody who wants to cancel culture me do it to my face in person yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll talk to anybody at the club at, at, at the club by the drinks Yes. <laughs> judge me by my shows. Judge me by my personality and actions. Do not judge me by other people's opinions. Dave, do you know your you facts ever, about me before you judge would you, me? Would you ever consider let's record it and let's put it out there for everyone to see? What? Would you ever be able to do that? Your, your no, actually, show. I'm trying to record a comedy show. I'm trying to Are record you? a 20-minute EP uh, for you know for sale. And yeah. behind the smut stuff, give me a little bit. I can't because I don't want to give it away all. I want people to come to the show first. No, that's why I asked you if you'd ever consider it's, it. Because there's that side of it too. You want, yeah, you want to make money off it. Um, it's a bit of, uh, of the show. No, it's, it's besides, oh, I don't make money. It's comedy. Um, yeah. <laughs> besides the show that I talk, I also have a Q and A. Ah. People get to ask questions. For nice. that, and I love that, that part because people ask questions <clears throat> and yeah. I answer them honestly legitimately i've destroyed a lot of people's fantasies 
Because nice. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, well, this is how we actually shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> this is how it actually is done. Uh, no, we're not dating, blah, blah, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love the Q&A part because people get to ask questions. So I want them to come to the shows so they get educated. I'm coming. Cool. I'm going to be at All that right. show. I'll be there. And Thank I'll record it. Freaking awesome, man. Joe, you got any final words to say? No, I'm good. I have You're nothing good? to plug. Namaste. Namaste. Have a good night, guys. Thanks, All right, guys. guys. Ciao. Yeah.